Welcome back to our listeners. You are tuning in to the Reset for Women show, and I am your host, Lori Kreese. Today, we have with us Lee Shulman, author and writing mentor, the Inspired Writer Community. Today, we have a couple topics we're going to kind of address. Uh, in the in the spirit of a reset, rejection is your best friend is a great topic that Lee likes to speak on. And I think that's really great for kind of how we reset at looking at rejection. I'm sure all of us are going through some kind of rejection in life. And maybe we maybe need to take a little pause and reflect on that differently. However, because she's a writing mentor, we definitely want to dive in a little bit on how and why to write a book. So welcome to the show, Lee. Thank you for having me here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I think just because of the interest of the times you and I are connecting right now, I realize on radio, people may be listening this much later. We repurpose a lot of material on podcasts. No matter what stage and phase you're going through in your life, you know, times can be heavy. You and I are connecting during a time where you turn on the news and it's it's hard material. Um, it weighs on you, the economy. And sometimes you can even be a little sensitive to rejection um, where it can normally fall off your back, but because everything is so heavy and weighed on you, it feels so different. So because of that, I was kind of leaning in on that topic because I know I feel super sensitive right now about everything. So I think reframing it and kind of resetting that topic would be a great area to start our conversation. So um, tell us a little bit about that. Reje- re- rejection is your best friend. So I like to say that because it is kind of a shock, but uh, because people think like, no, no, I don't want rejection. But really, I see rejection. It's the it is the best way to grow because it lets you know where to pivot and how to pivot. Um, and the key to rejection also is that you're that you're willing to keep going and you're willing to pivot. So, you know, when you hear something about yourself or you're given something about yourself that feels like a rejection, you know, the natural reaction is to be like, oh, no, 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 that's, you know, or to defend yourself or to feel bad or to feel like you're not worth anything. When really the key is, first of all, who's saying it? Who's saying it? Where does this rejection come from? Do I value where that comes from? So that's, that's a hard thing to do because rejection Rejection is the only emotion that registers in the brain as physical pain to the extent that there are studies that show that if you take Advil, say, before a rejection, it's not as painful. Um, So we are responding like animals in fear of our lives. And rejection is one of the few emotions that still maintains that really visceral response to it. So the key is to be like, okay, I feel this way. All right. Now let's evaluate. Who does this come from? Is it worth hearing? If it isn't, move on with your life. If it is, okay, what is it that they're saying? Is there something in the way they're saying it that's hurting me or is this coming from me? And then you can use it. And this is where it gets to the best friend part. You get to the part where it's like, how will this rejection help me? How am I gonna move to the next step? What is it that I want? What is it that I ultimately want? And how will this rejection help me get there? And I'll often say to people, you know, when we're working on writing, 
if somebody says to you, well, somebody did say this to me, this book is terrible. I, I would never read it. I couldn't make it through the first couple of pages. You'll never get it published. It's no good. And someone did say that to me about an earlier book. Um, it was the first book I wrote, and it was in a novel writing class that I took in grad school. And, you know, now that particular person didn't, I, I mean, his feedback didn't really, it hurt. But in the big picture, his feedback didn't really mean that much to me. But the other side of it is his feedback's not useful. There's nothing I can do with that feedback. It's terrible. It's bad. This is no good. It doesn't get you anywhere. It doesn't help you change. It doesn't help you do anything. So it's worth just ignoring it. And quite frankly, oh, this is awesome. It's the best thing I've ever read. I love it. Isn't really much better because it doesn't give you anything to hold on to, to say, oh, how do I go to my next step? And that's your best friends and the people, the things that in your life that will support you most are the things that will help you move forward. I almost see rejection as an opportunity. Um, it can be Absolutely. very empowering because if you believe in something so strongly and yet it's being rejected, it gives you the opportunity to really fight for it with the right person. Just like you said, the right person. Exactly. Um, and you know, you were talking about, I, I use the term consider the source, you know, you were talking about, you know, really think about who's telling you this and how do you value that person's opinion? You know, sometimes consider the source. Does that person really know your industry? Do they know what you're talking about? Um, you know, when I'm rejected by my children, do I go cry to the non-moms, you know? <laughs> I mean, all my friends are helpful, right. but I have to consider feedback from people who are living my experiences or not. So, you know, surround yourself by people that will be more supportive. But I think rejection is also important. It's important feedback. And I think, well, it helps polish you and maybe it helps you shift who your audience is. You know, I mean, now I'm kind of thinking about, about books so we can get into that too. I'm not an author. I don't have a book, but, um, you know, I certainly have a storytelling platform. So you have to con consider your your audience, you're not the right fit for everyone. Hence, 360 Talk Radio for women. Maybe, you know, for me, that's like an empowerment community where I, I feel women really lift each other up. And I'm not saying men don't listen or men can't get something out of this or men can't offer us um, those tools. It's just, I think we connect a little bit differently. So I really wanted to make sure that this platform really spotlights women's needs in a supportive way. So I really thought about who my audience was and I, you know, let's shift gears. And I think that flows into your book topic, probably like how and why to write a book. Mm -hmm. I don't have a book. I've thought about it um, more of a collaboration, but I'll be honest, it's not my passion and that's my why I do not. So I, I think it really needs to be somebody's passion to make it successful, not just because I want somebody to be able to Google me and see how I have a book. I don't jump on stages, so I don't need to be in the back of the room signing, you know, books. Um, it's just not for me. It might be down the road. I, I need to have that spark and that aha moment. Like really the why is so important. So I know I just shifted all those gears, but I mean, I'm sure you would agree you're nodding, nodding with me as far as rejection can be the <laughs> yeah. opportunity. So if we want to kind of close that subject up a little bit with 
seeing that as an opportunity. Um, do you agree? Absolutely. It's always, I mean, you can take it, you can take it as an end or you can take it as an opportunity. And I think that's a person, that's a choice. Um, and we can shift it to say, let me, let me make rejection be my best friend and it will be an opportunity. And then you go and create your opportunity. And as from what you were saying about why you haven't written a book, I think that that is one of the best reasons not to write a book. I, I don't really have the spark. I don't really want to. Um, simple doesn't fit your needs right now. You have your podcast platform, which in a lot of ways is very similar. I mean, because you're saying it is the storytelling. It's how you reach people. Um, I think a lot of the fears around creating it in the first place and, and sort of putting yourself out there are also very similar. Um, what I find, though, is a lot of people say they don't want to write a book, but really they think nobody's going to want to read it. I don't really have anything to say. And they're, you know, does anybody even hear this? Can I write a book? I'm scared I won't be able to. So in a sense, it does like rejection goes directly into that because we almost self-reject when we're choosing not to write. Um, not everybody. And I, I, I love that you gave your reasoning because yeah, you don't, not everybody needs to write a book, but if you want to write a book, then take that spark and, and work with it. And, you know, one little step at a time. And that, that's what I say. It's always just one tiny step at a time. You're not, you're not doing the whole book and, you know, you're not at the end of the, the road yet. You're taking your first steps. It's funny, I, I have a client that I've been working with for a few, quite a few years now who wrote a book and she had all those same fears. And then she just published her book. And what she found is, you know, she didn't say it quite like this, but in her descriptions, it was almost like her book came into the world and the world was, was there ready to hug her and her book because all the work she'd done leading up to that, you know, she's incredible. Her her name is um, Tammy Day and her book's name is Phila um, Philanthropy for All. And it's based on decades of experience working in a business, work creating a B Corps and all these different types of philanthropy that she's done over her, her, you know, her career. And I think it's really easy for us to forget how much experience and knowledge we actually have because suddenly you're like, oh, I have to write a book or I want to write a book. And you're like, eh, I have nothing to say. Or you you feel like your decades or however much experience you have that they're obvious to you. So you don't realize the extent to which other people, so they're not obvious to other people and they really want to hear them and they want to hear what you have to say. Um, and I think that applies to no, to fiction as well. Like people want to hear your stories. It doesn't matter if a similar story has been told. There's always room. If somebody loves a story, they're ready to hear another one. So, so, so yeah, mean, if there's any, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to just insert myself back into this conversation because I mean, you do get me thinking. So when I think of a book, um, you know, I think of a memoir and, you know, I don't know who's interested in all my stuff, but I do have a body of experience professionally that I would almost like to put into more of a guide versus a book. And that's something I kind of think about because um, I started my business 15 years ago with a baby in my arms and 
not the intention of starting my business, but my marriage um, was already on shaky ground. And my now ex-husband, you know, came home early from work and I thought, oh, he's going to help me. I can take a nap. He had lost his job and it was the most fear I've ever felt in my life with a baby in my arms and not a plan to go back to work. And um, I opened up a PayPal account, um, purchased a domain and never looked back. And my marriage lasted long enough to produce another child, um, always with some fear and and some doubt. And for many years <clears throat> now, I've I've taken back, I've taken my power back. And I think in those moments, but with that, and it was my body of work in the travel industry and the events industry, my advertising experience, and now my new mom experience, I founded and started from the ground up a trade show called the mom expo. And it went national and it was a big deal, but I, I, I stepped away from it a handful of years ago when the travel was just too hard for me and I wanted to get focused on women's events, hence without the children and women's needs so low. And as I'm older, I no longer identify with the stroller pushing moms and the diaper changing moms. And I've got teenagers, but my body of experience of from the ground up you know, working in the events industry, I would love to put in some kind of guide to help people. I've thought about being, you know, uh, a consultant or a trainer. And, you know, I, I, I'm following my passion with radio and podcasts and women's community. And I am thinking about doing something like that on the side. So addressing the elephant in the room, AI. So, you know, I'm kind of now thinking AI tools can probably really help me crank this out. However, you lose the personal touch. So you still definitely need, even if you use AI to kind of sketch out um, what your chapters might look like, you really need to put your personal experience in there and not lean in on AI. So when you talk about how to write a book, I'm sure AI tools come up now. Um, so that's, that's where I'm kind of going. If I do a book, I'm thinking about more like professional guides for women, following your passion, starting a new business. Here's what I went through. But also if you're interested in being in the, in the events industry, I have some huge tips because my body of work, I mean, I went through the growing pains of figuring it out. I had worked in the travel industry and ended my career at that time in with corporate events. So I knew how to build an event, but I didn't know everything from like fire code and insurance. That stuff wasn't up to me until later. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm thinking about a guide versus a book. And I mean, one thing I'll say is that when you started talking about that, you started with, you started with the word memoir, and then you started talking about your experience. And I think those so often go together because what you're saying is, you know, you were talking about your marriage and your children and for women, whether or not a woman has is married or has children, that's still going to play a role because there is so much pressure and what it means to be a mom, what it means to be a wife and how, you know, in, I, in my experience, also in order to build a business, you have to kind of know who you are separate from them, you know, particularly 
I mean, for any, for a mom in, in any place, because it's so easy for moms and women in general to kind of be, oh, you don't necessarily know, or you're, you know, you don't know, or you're, you're busy with your children. When in, the reality is being in my experience, knowing moms, being a mom, you know, and exactly from what you said, man, like being a mom is, is a crash course in being in running a business in a lot of ways, because you're dealing with a million and one things at once. You're having to balance everything. You keep like so much going on in your head at the same time. Like even this thing of like, you know how moms have that ability or women and also in general have ability to kind of know where stuff is in the house, like little things, you know, where it goes, you know, where it went, you have the place for it. Like that's all experience for building a business. And I remember saying that when I was a stay at home mom to people and, you know, other moms would agree anyone else would be like, yeah, I don't think so. There's no value in that. There's no value in, oh, just because you can juggle a whole bunch of things with your kid doesn't mean anything. So all of those experiences and how you then draw, drew them out to run your business and to learn about fire codes, it's a story with an arc. And I find storytelling is what pulls us in more than, I mean, humans love stories. We understand them. We can connect with them. So your guide was, I mean, you call it a guide and maybe calling it a guide makes it easier to, or more approachable than calling it a book, but it, for me, it's very similar. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a how-to guide that will come in the shape of ultimately a book of some sort, whether it's digital or, um, or printed. So in a sense, I think they're very similar, what you're saying. And let's just say, if you ever want, if you ever want to flesh that out, I'm happy to help out. And I also have some tools that you can use to help it out because like, I can't help but hear that and be like, I, I never push books on people, but if it's what you want, I love helping. You know, I'm, it, it's so exciting to me when someone is like, oh yeah, I, I really do want to share this with other people that, that is such an exciting moment. And then the fear rushes in and the, oh, what if I'm rejected? What if people don't want this? And then we say, all right, like you started your business where you said, you know, I got my domain. I did this two relatively simple things to start doing. You started one step at a time and, you know, Books are like that too. It's one step at a time. What is it that you need to write? What is the story you want to tell? What is the message you want to give to people? And then you can build from there. So I'm looking back at your title, your author, writer, uh, writing mentor, the inspired writer community. Cause I was just about to say that word. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are actually inspiring me to put some more <laughs> thought into this because I don't, I don't think I'm afraid of rejection. Um, I'm afraid of where to start. You know, that's always the hardest place. You know, you got to get that first thought on the paper and then things start flowing. And then I get concerned about my commitment. You know, how much time can I put into this? And I don't want to write two or three chapters, put it away for a year. I want to keep the flow going. Um, and then, yeah, why would somebody want to read it? And now I'm almost thinking like this is, I could shift gears, like a mother's guide to starting her own business. Um, you know, 15 years ago when I started my business, that was all the new rave was, you know, the mom entrepreneur. And I was even featured on a TV show. And I, I said something about, yeah, I'm a mompreneur. And they're like, I've never heard that term before. And now it's all over the place. I'm like, darn, I should have coined that phrase. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, now it's become a thing over the years, like, you know, working from home and taking care of your children and whether it's a side hustle or it becomes a full time, um, it, it it's a big driving force before we were forced to work at home during COVID, you know. Um, a lot of women had stepped away from their careers to start their business or to start a family. And then they try to figure out, yeah, but I still need those extras. You know, we want to do gymboree and we want to go to the little gym and we want swimming lessons. And then all of a sudden you, you really like the power you have and it can grow. Mine was different. I knew mine was going to be full time right away. And it has been full time for 15 years. I've, I've recently gone back to work full-time because COVID did kick around my business pretty well in the events industry. So um, it was my time to kind of reset and look at what works, what doesn't work, what's no longer my passion and kind of recharge. And, and my passion for recharging, honestly, was to let go of some of the heavy lifting and responsibility, work for somebody else in an industry I still love and still work my favorite events on the side as a secondary income source. That was my other big learning tool during COVID. Multiple revenue streams, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so much, you know, you mentioned about why women might want to start a business. Part of me also thinks there's an element to it where, you know, it's, it's okay for moms and wives to do what they want. You know, the whole concept of mom guilt and how we show up in our families and what we're supposed to do. You know, I I think it's important for us to kind of recognize that it's okay for us. Not only is it okay for us to have something of our own that doesn't necessarily relate, that isn't directly a need or a consequence of us being married and having children, that it's ours. It's, you know, I, my books, the space that I write, those are mine. Um, when I work with other writers, that's that's a separate space. And, you know, my, my family doesn't even really read my books. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with that. They're not my audience. Um, I have a different audience with them. I have a different role with them. Or, you know, when you were talking about travel, you chose to stop traveling because you didn't want to, because it didn't fit what you were doing, as opposed to, you know, how I've heard moms say so many times, I feel guilty going on a week vacation on my own. And my, and I remember that guilt. I felt that guilt, you know, I I get it. So there is no judgment here. I do think it's, it's a, it is a worthwhile thing to work, to not feel guilty, to take time for yourself to do whatever it is you want to do for yourself. And I mean, I think you already do that. And so when I say you, it's, it's capital you, us, all of us, you, um, you know, like, you know, like I was saying before, also, what about women who don't have kids? What about women who aren't married? You know, it does it, it certainly doesn't mean that they don't have value. It means they're they're making their choices. And that's like that is a hundred percent wonderful based on every, let me let me take a step back. Having kids and not having kids should not be what gives us our value. We develop our own value and it's easy to lose that a little bit when we're in relationships it's easy it's very easy to lose that in relationships or as you're parenting which is why i think it's so important for people to figure out what they want and do what they want on their own somebody told this to me um, not freud but young talks about libido 
and libido not as sex, but as that spark of what brings us pleasure, what really like that, 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 that passion that we have is libido and that we all need that libido Sep- not, and I'm not at all talking about sex, although I guess it could include that, but it's ours. It's central to us. Um, and then I think all of this, our books, our businesses, the podcasts we host, how we choose to live our lives can come from that and our core values. And I think I, I very much focus on that because it's, it helps you be more going back to rejection. It helps you be more, you know, it helps you resist the fears that come along with rejection and the fears of starting business. Because like you said, you believe so strongly in what you do because it is so connected to who you are at the core that of course you're going to keep going because you believe in it and you believe in yourself. And the more you do it, the more you believe in yourself. Um, but it does always, for me, it always starts with that. Oh God, what am I going to do? All right, let me get a domain name or whatever that first step is. So, yeah, that was, that was my first step. PayPal domain and I crafted my business around it pretty much <laughs> went from there. There you go. I had a way to build people, build people. I had the domain. And even back then there weren't that many do-it-yourself uh, websites. So I actually had to partner with a web developer. And because I didn't have the funds to do it, I found ways I could support him. We did a trade, you know, and I sat in his living room and he helped me build websites and I I I did work for him as well. And you know, that's where it went. And then once I discovered the do-it-yourself tools, you know, that was very helpful. And that's a huge advantage for, for people starting businesses now. There, there's so many different, um, you know, SaaS tools, as they're called, to help you structure your business and outsource. So this has been a wonderful reset. Um, Lee, for our podcast listeners, of course, in show notes, I'll be able to include how to connect with you. But for our radio-only listeners, what's the best way to connect with you, to find you, social media? Right. So the two best places to find me are either my website, which is leeshulman.com, L-E-I-G-H-S-H-U-L-M-A-N.com. Um, and everything you need is there on the front page is there's a course you can sign up for, for what is that I want for my writing life. The first lesson is free, helps you figure out what you want and all the information you could want about me or connecting with me. And if you ever want to chat, I, the social media, I'm on all social media, but the place I spend the most time and I'm really actually there is Instagram. And so my Instagram is the Lee Shulman and yeah, come drop by and say, hi, follow me. Let's. If you're interested in books or rejection or whatever, you'll see, you'll definitely see things on my feed that relate to that. And I'm, I always love chatting with people and hearing where they're coming from. That's wonderful. Lee, thank you so much for joining the show here today. Thank you, Lori. It was great to be here. I appreciate it. And this has been another reset for women. <laughs>